0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, no one has given more of themselves on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic than healthcare workers. Now Blanchard Valley Health System is using their emergency response fund to give a much deserved thank you to their staff. Also this morning, our weekend high school basketball preview, Findlay assistant coach Ray Elbin discusses the Trojans' upcoming games against Whitmer tonight and Toledo Central Catholic on Tuesday. NFL analyst and three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth previews this weekend's conference championship games in advance of Super Bowl 56. And we have more yummy recipes to warm you up on a cold winter's day from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, January 28, 2022. Today is Daisy Day, it is Data Privacy Day, uh, Global Community Engagement Day, also National Blueberry Pancake Day, that sounds yummy, International Lego Day, National Kazoo Day, Pop Art Day, and it is Rattlesnake Roundup Day. <laughs> I gotta think there's a story behind somewhere, but anyway, reasons to celebrate today, uh, if you... Need a reason to celebrate on this Friday, as if the weekend being here is not enough. So, yeah, this is the this is the story. What music you listen to while you drive could affect how safe you are behind the wheel. This is a new study from the British driving school. Pass me fast. (laughs) Uh, They find some songs are more distracting than others. When you are driving and, and certainly that is not news. I mean, I think we all would agree that there are some songs that are more distracting than others. So what they did is they uh, commissioned and analyzed a study of data from Spotify. They took the 1500 most popular songs on Spotify and reviewed them all. And gave each one a distraction score based on danceability, high energy, and how emotionally charged the music is. And they came up with a list of the most dangerous and least dangerous driving songs. The most dangerous song to listen to while you are behind, behind the wheel is Hey Ya by OutKast. Number one on the list. Uh, that's followed by uh, the killers, Mister Brightside, which is you know a fun up tempo song, and so I can understand the idea, you know, while you're listening to this on the radio, it's one you want to crank up and kind of dance along to in your seat as you're driving, and that can that can be dangerous. Empire State of Mind by Jay Z, Take on Me by Aha, that great uh, hit tune from the mid '80s, uh, Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Feel So Close by Calvin Harris. You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi is in the top 10. Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. uh, The new hit from uh, Dua Lipa from this uh, past summer levitating. And Zane's Dusk Till Dawn were ranked the 10 most dangerous driving songs. So the ones you won't want to listen to. And again, I think that this is probably... I think it's a good list, but if you are not into pop music, then that list probably doesn't because if any of those songs came on, if you're like a country music fan or a big band aficionado, any of those songs comes on the radio or comes on Spotify, you're going to skip, you're going to switch stations, you're going to listen to something else more than likely. And for fans of other genres of music, I'm sure that there are other songs that would be just as dangerous for you behind the wheel. But I guess this is just in general, you know, generally speaking, those would be the most dangerous songs. If you're curious, the top 10 safest driving songs, again, this would be in the pop genre from the 1,500 most popular songs on Spotify Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, the safest driving song. Um, which again, I think, uh, would be a safe song because I would turn it off. <laughs> that would be, uh, Noah Cyrus's July bruises by Louis Capaldi. When I was your man by Bruno Mars, love yourself by Justin Bieber, dancing on my own by Callum Scott, Ariana Grande's seven rings, uh, Olivia Rodrigo's enough for you. Mr. Blue sky by electric light orchestra. Finally, there's one that I recognize. <laughs> And John Legend's "All of Me" uh, were the ten determined to be the ten safest driving songs. So make of that what you will. But I thought it was a kind of interesting study, nonetheless, scientifically analyzed the safest and uh, most dangerous driving songs. Speaking of dangerous driving, uh, this is uh, interesting research. Uh researchers analyzed a number of existing studies and put all of the data together. And here's what they found. Uh, And I'm not sure where this research was conducted, but um, I wish I could credit the people who came up with this groundbreaking, earth-shattering research. What they found was that smoking weed, drinking alcohol, and driving is a worse combination than either just drinking and driving or smoking weed and driving. No kidding. That's (laughs) no kidding. Either of those things are bad. Doing both of those things together are even worse. Shocking. They found that the effects of cannabis on driving performance were similar to those of low level blood alcohol concentrations. Cannabis use on its own reduces one's ability to stay in a driving lane, even though drivers under the influence slow their driving speed. By contrast, when drivers use alcohol on its own, they increase driving speed, which means they could lack awareness of their impaired mental state. Alcohol also affects a greater number of driving performance indicators relative to cannabis, but the combination of both generally impairs the ability to stay in a lane more than either substance taken on its own. <laughs> Again, this is earth-shattering research here. <laughs> this is one of those from the file of, duh, Did we really need research to tell us that drinking and driving and smoking weed and driving, while they are dangerously separate individually, are even more dangerous together? The study did not find evidence that the two drugs counteract each other on speed where it comes to speed because those uh who were smoking weed and driving tend to slow down those who drink and drive tend to speed up and they don't cancel each other out but it's i mean honestly do we need do we need this research to tell us this is something that we should inherently know isn't it anyway by the way speaking of driving this is kind of interesting with the uh, weather what is by the way it is uh, warmer this morning Than it has been considerably warmer. Uh, Temperature is like 21 degrees. You remember earlier this week, we were talking uh, wind chills of like 10, 11, 12 degrees below zero. And so that's like a 30 degree swing. And I often make these comparisons just to give you, kind of give you an idea. That's like going from a 60 degree day to a 90 degree day, that 30 degree swing. So, I mean, that's the kind of temperature change we're talking about over the past couple of days. Now, the cold weather is not done yet, not by a long shot. Uh, We've got a low tonight that they say could dip into the uh, below zero range and then single digits Saturday night into Sunday as well. So a very cold weekend. We're not done with the cold weather just yet. Which brings us to this story here. As temperatures dip down into the sub-freezing range, many drivers may be inclined to warm up their cars before they head out in the morning. Uh, Which, by the way, if you do that, if you go and start your car and then leave it unattended while it warms up, that's actually against the law. I I guess not just in Ohio, but many states, it's against the law to do that. And you can be fined if you are caught. um, That is if your car is unlocked with the keys in it and the engine running, which is probably not a real bright thing to do anyway. Now, we do have uh, auto start, you know, remote start vehicles and and things like that. So uh, and, and if you have the ability to leave, you know, to start your car and then lock it up, then you're you're better off. But uh, here's the story. Is it necessary to warm up your car? Well, the answer is no, according to Tracy Nobles, manager of public affairs for AAA, who says vehicles today are much more sophisticated than they were in the past. It used to be recommended that you warm your vehicle up before you put it in drive and take off um, because. Car engines at once upon a time used breaker point ignitions to fire the spark plugs and carburetors to mix gas and air, which is why it was helpful to warm up the car. Today, cars are equipped with electronic ignition and fuel injection systems that start quickly regardless of temperature. And so it only takes about 30 seconds uh, before you put it in gear, which is the time it takes to, you know fasten your seat belts and kind of adjust yourself in your seat before you take and you're and you should be fine so you don't have to of course that says nothing to the fact that a lot of us I think most of us warm up our vehicles because we don't want to start off on our trip in a cold vehicle so it's not so much for the car's benefit but for our own but anyway kind of interesting a couple of other uh, interesting stories among the uh, first things you need to know this morning, the most buzzworthy stories of the day. Have you have been playing Wordle online? It seems like everybody has this popular online word puzzle that offers one puzzle per day on its website and now has millions of players after coming online back in October. It seems like everyone is playing Wordle, but there is a Twitter user out there, the Wordlinator, <laughs> that is trying to ruin all the Wordle fun by posting upcoming winning words a day ahead of time. It is believed that this Twitter user came up with the advanced answers by looking at the source code of the Wordle web page. It's buried in there and um, they found it and they have been mean spiritedly posting the words uh, of the day, the solutions a day ahead of time. Well, guess what? (laughs) Uh, Twitter has now suspended the Wordlinator account. <laughs> Twitter suspended the account Wednesday, and they say they do not tolerate its platform being used to harass other users. So I don't know if this person was harassing, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually kind of funny. They, you know, shut them down. You're going to uh, ruin everybody's Wordle fun. We're going to shut you down. Is that in the terms of agreement? Turn uh, uh, the uh, terms of service. Twitter, apparently so. And by the way, speaking of uh, internet trolls, this is kind of interesting. A new survey conducted by Redact suggests that the fewest, the state with the fewest internet trolls in the U.S., Hawaii. Isn't that interesting? Survey asked Americans to confess to messing with people online. So Hawaii, in this survey, apparently has the fewest Internet trolls in the U.S., or at least the fewest people willing to admit it. Delaware and Connecticut uh, round out the bottom three, the least amount of self-admitted Internet trolls. The most Internet trolls state with the most Internet trolls, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Kansas. So, there you go. And, by the way, the survey found that about half of Americans believe that Internet trolling should be a federal crime. I don't know about that, but... So, there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. A chance of snow showers today and a high of 17. Partly cloudy tonight, a low around zero with a wind chill of seven below... The trial of the man accused of shooting a state trooper in Findlay will not begin as originally scheduled. Robert Tremaine Hathorn's jury trial was set to begin on Monday in Hancock County Common Pleas Court, but the trial will not begin on that date as Hathorn is seeking new counsel, and a hearing has been scheduled for February 8th. The 42-year-old from Michigan is facing six felony charges, including felonious assault on a peace officer in connection with an altercation with a state trooper that left that trooper with a gunshot wound. Hathorne is being held without bond at the Hancock County Jail. What first responders witness on a daily basis can really add up, and that's why area first responders are attending a seminar on how to deal with that trauma. Brian White with the Finley Police Department says on-the-job trauma doesn't only affect the first responder, but their families as well.
2: One of the unique parts about this training was that it was also opened up to first responder families, so they could attend... And um, it also gave them a little insight into what's going on with their spouse, children, family member, and how they can help assist.
1: He says instead of bottling it up, first responders need to deal with that trauma before it comes out in a negative way, and the training helps with that. On our website, we have more information on the training and the upcoming sessions. Health officials have issued new state guidance for Ohio schools on the tracking of COVID cases.
3: The Department of Health no longer requires it for every single case. Schools are still expected to help local health departments with contact tracing if there's an outbreak or perhaps a cluster within a school. The new guidance also suggests schools follow the mask to stay test to play protocol. That allows students who are asymptomatic to still go to school wearing a mask if they have been exposed.
1: ONN's Tracy Townsend reporting. Ben Roethlisberger has announced his retirement from the NFL after 18 seasons with the Steelers. Roethlisberger graduated from Findlay High School where he set records and then from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. After college, he was selected in the first round of the 2004 NFL Draft by the Steelers and went on to win two Super Bowls. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: And now our cover story this morning. No one has given more of themselves on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic than healthcare care workers. And now Blanchard Valley Health System is giving their staff a much-deserved thank you Chief Development Officer Karen George is with us from Blanchard Valley Health System. And, Karen, uh, thanks, first of all, for uh, taking the time this morning. This is uh, something that you are doing uh, through your emergency response fund. And for those who, uh, I I think we talked about this uh, some time ago uh, in the news back uh, when all of this started. But for those who don't recall, talk a little bit about the genesis of this emergency response fund.
3: Oh, absolutely. And by the way, thanks for having me this morning so I can share this uh, kind of neat story and neat neat thing that's happening on multi-levels. Um, so the Emergency Response Fund was established in 2020 when the pandemic was at its height or mm-hmm. first of its height. Are we ever going to get to the right. bottom of its height? Right. Uh, but uh, it was designed just because you hit it. These frontline healthcare workers, they have battled COVID tirelessly around the clock. And they continue to do so. And it's not just COVID. They're they're helping our patients with all types of, of illnesses and surgeries and ailments in addition to COVID. Yeah, all so at the same it, time. Was, you, yeah. Yeah. So our donors wanted to do something for them. We had the fund established and um we you know it's still going on. This isn't isn't going away mm-hmm. or hasn't gone away yet so we had a very generous donation in december and uh we are, our our president and ceo myron lewis did not hesitate he was like we got to do something for the team we have to do we want to provide meals so that's how this all
0: started so you are using this to say thank you by treating them
3: to uh, to a meal You got it. So we have 3,300 employees at Blanchard Valley Health System. I'm newer. I've been in my role for about two and a half months, so this has been excellent at teaching me the health system. Yeah. Because we have 45 physical locations. We have first shift, second shift, third shift. We have, you know, it's it's fascinating. So I've learned a lot. But um, what we wanted to do is make sure, and we had to be safe, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's COVID. Right. So we had to come up with something that would be um, individually wrapped and packaged and would be safe. So we're working with. Fifteen local restaurants, that's the other neat side of this, Mm -hmm. our donors gave us money to help us, and now we want to try to help the local economy. So, 15 local vendors are putting together um, sub-sandwiches, also known as Heroes, a hero sandwich. Which is only appropriate. <laughs> I had to find the tie, right? Yeah. So, so, and it, it's a nice little lunch, and it'll be it'll be delivered to all of our locations, including both hospitals, um, our assisted living facilities, our offices, um, it, the whole list. It's comprehensive.
0: Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, all of the locations and uh, you know the uh, staff around the clock. This is no small undertaking. Just to say, oh, we're going to treat you to a meal. Uh, that may not sound like <laughs> But that's a major undertaking uh, for an organization like uh, uh, like Blanchard Valley Health System. And you talk about the these staff members, the the team, their BVHS um, uh, across all of those locations. We have heard stories in the news about the tremendous amount of stress, burnout, um, people leaving the profession because it has been so overwhelming. What? kind of feedback have, have you gotten from the staff there at the hospital and across all of your locations? What is the mood? What is kind of the mindset of people here locally within the healthcare profession?
3: Well, what I will tell you is um, Blanchard Valley Health System Associates are resilient. And yeah, it is stressful. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they're working around the clock. I know the emergency department doctor told me that there have been times where every bed, every chair, every stick of furniture has been used. And patients are waiting very long times to get a bed. And it's not its not because we're not treating them. We're treating them wherever we can. Mm-hmm. So um, it, the stress levels are very high. But what I will tell you is... It's an amazing group of associates, and that's what makes this project really worthwhile because they deserve it. I mean, we are still holding our own and people are still here delivering the care and we do, we, do, I'll share I'll share a story to try to exemplify this. Um, we'll get testimonials from our patients that are grateful for the care they've received. And one woman wrote in and, and, and told us about, she was in very, very significant trouble. She's okay now. Thank goodness. But when she woke up in the emergency department at Blanchard Valley Finley hospital, the doctors and nurses were standing over her and praying for her. And, If that doesn't touch you, I don't know what will. So that's the kind of people that we have here. So yes, I'm not going to lie to you. It is stressful at times, and certain days are very stressful depending on the census of patients. But... Um, our associates love what they do, um, and they, they are in it, and they are here to, to heal the whole person and, and stay on the cutting edge of not only physical medicine, but also psychological, spiritual. And um, they really, truly do deserve it. And I can't thank our donors enough who have supported us and continue to support Boy, us I- through this fund I, I would imagine,
0: you know, you, you've got all of these donations, you start this emergency response fund, and then it's sort of like, gee, what do we do with, uh, with all of this, <laughs> and, and how do we, you know, pay it forward, uh, like you said, not just to the staff and to the team, uh, their Blanchard Valley Health System, but also uh, in supporting local businesses as well, restaurants and, and such. So that's uh, that's really cool as well. And by the way, uh, also on your website, uh, this is you were talking about, you know, the interactions with patients. You have on the uh, website, I noticed a uh, sort of a uh, thank you uh, online message board where folks can, you know, share their experiences mm-hmm. and and offer their own words of encouragement and words of thanks.
3: Yeah, it's our kudos board. And, um, you know, you bring up a good point. And so anybody who's listening, they can they can contribute on the kudos board. They can contribute to the Emergency Response Fund by contacting um, the Health Foundation. And um, one other thing that I want to touch on is you were asking about the spirit of the team. We have incredible leadership, um, not only from Myron, but also our Executive Steering Council. I cannot tell you, I, again, I'm newer, but what they are doing to help the associates and show support and encouragement and really take care of our team and our associates it's it's unbelievable so i think that definitely sets apart blanchard valley and that's maybe helping us get through it a little bit a little bit easier than yeah. what some other other health People and, might be experiencing.
0: Yeah, and and of course, uh, we would be miss if uh, remiss if we didn't mention that we all can help uh, alleviate the burden on the healthcare staff by doing the proper things uh, it, during the course of the pandemic to protect ourselves, not just from COVID, but from everything else. Uh, to add on to uh, all of that as well, Chief Development Officer Karen George Blanchard Valley Health System with us this morning. Karen, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Chris. Have a great weekend. It is a
0: Friday, and that means time for our weekend high school basketball preview. The Trojans picked up a couple more wins in the past week over St. John's and Bowling Green, but the road will be significantly more challenging this week against Whitmer tonight and Toledo Central Catholic on Tuesday, I believe. Is it not? Yeah. Assistant coach Ray Elbin spoke with John Marshall on this week's coach's corner
4: friday's win over st john's came with kind of an all-around good performance from the team excellent shooting from the field good defense every team has its ups and downs but it's nice to see the team putting this kind of effort on the floor finishing out a game
5: yeah well i you know i think we're we're starting to head towards a peak and that's where you want to be uh this time of the year when some teams are packing it in and are maybe just going through the motions and uh, it was nice to see, you know, Justin and Jake almost colliding with each other, going for a loose ball, and and Therion and, and Sammy right in front of our bench uh, killing each other to stay in bounds and get the ball. I mean, our, our effort up at St. John's was just incredible.
4: Four players in double figures, Max Roth with 26, uh, Bishop with 14, Therion Ross and Sam Wyra with uh, each having a dozen. Uh, kind of hard to stop an attack like that.
5: Well, I, you know, and that's and that's why it was such a decisive win, because not only was it an attack like that, but they play together so well. Uh, they're smart players, they're athletic, and they have some skill. So when they're playing well and, and, and sharing the ball and looking for open people, I
4: mean, it's just really tough to stop. Last night, a non-conference win against a team that's going to be a league foe here in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Jake Bishop put in 25, Max Roth was 16. Justin Roth, Terry and Ross a dozen each again. Uh, spreading out the scoring. The last couple of weeks, you've had three different players score at least 25. It seems that as of late, you always seem to find someone who, with a hot hand to start things off, and then when the opposition tries to shut that down, mm-hmm. you find a second, a third, or right. fourth option.
5: Well, and, and that, that's obviously what makes a makes for a good team. Uh, you know, you, you have a good player, you can take him out of the game, and or you say this player is not going to beat us, make other people. Uh, beat you and we have other players that are able to do that and 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 truthfully we have you know brock mccrancy is one of the best shooters in northwest ohio uh missing a few shots now but other people are picking it up but it wouldn't surprise me to see him go off on friday night with double figures
4: friday night you'll need to bring all of the bag of tricks when you meet whitmer They gave you a 68-61 loss when you met in December, and they have a lot of confidence coming off of a Friday win over Lima Senior and then a 27-point win last night over Anthony Wayne. Uh, What do you need to do to bring home a win on Friday? Well, we
5: need to to approach that game with the same intensity and focus that we did up at St. John's Friday. And the biggest factor, well, two factors, I think. Obviously, we're going to have to rebound the ball because they're very good on the offensive boards. Uh, and secondly, we have to make, we have to control the ball, make them shoot it over us. We have to, we cannot let them get by us, uh, for open looks or for finishes at the basket. So if we can, if we can defensive rebound and, and keep them in front of us, uh, I, I I like our chances.
4: You have Saturday off before getting back to conference play again on Tuesday with Toledo Central (laughs) Catholic and, uh, on your home floor. You topped the Irish by nine in the first meeting. Is it a matter of doing what you've been doing to get a win again on Tuesday night?
5: Yeah, I, you know, it doesn't get any easier because they're the, they're the, the uh, favorites to, to win the league, and I think they're ranked, what, third in the Division two last I saw. So, I mean, they're obviously a really good team. And, and no, we're going to have to play, you know, our game and much the same way as playing Whitmer's athletes, keep them in front of us. And rebound to basketball.
0: So it is the Trojans and the Whitmer Panthers tonight. uh, Findlay and the Irish of Central Catholic on Tuesday evening both of those games right here of course on WFIN other games this weekend on our family of stations Riverdale is at Arlington and BVC action over on 100.5 WKXA and Ottawa glandorf hosts Salina tonight and then they travel to Rossford tomorrow those games on 106.3 the Fox and you can follow all the area games in real time online at the WFIN scoreboard page powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College that's at W. WFIN.com slash scoreboard and linked up at goodmornings.net. Also catch the Coach's Corner with John Marshall Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. live from Ralphie's and anytime on demand at WFIN.com. Well, as you we were mentioning the other day, hopefully this weekend's conference championship games and the forthcoming Super Bowl can be every bit as exciting as this past weekend games. My goodness, Mark Schlereth is with us, three-time Super Bowl champion and NFL broadcast veteran to uh, count down, help us count down to the uh, big day. First of all, Mark, thanks for uh, taking the time. And uh, this is the time everybody's preparing for uh, their Super Bowl parties. I know you are as well. Help us get ready for the big game here.
2: All right, Chris. Well, you know, you're not going to get to watch Tom Brady, the Go To Ball quarterback, playing the big game, but you can watch the big game on the Go To TV 65 inch LG OLED C series, the Go To Ball TV's best selling premium TV series in the U.S. Live sports. Gaming, streaming, and speaking of streaming, you can find all the hottest TV shows, live sports, including the big game, all on one device. TiVo Stream 4K puts all the shows you love to stream from, the apps you'd love to stream them from, in one convenient place, and then take your gathering, make it a party. Think full-color smart light strips, millions of color combinations, rep your favorite team, deck out your entertainment center, pair it with a sync app powered by Savant, and, uh, it's right out of the box, so simple to set up. Lowe's and Lowe's.com for more information. And then no party's complete without guacamole, good foods, chunky guacamole, simple ingredients, like fresh, hand scooped avocados, nothing artificial, find them at your grocery stores, Target and Costco, and they're putting on a promotion to 15 winners. A game day party for up to 12 for 15 winners. Go to goodfoods.com for more information.
0: That is all awesome stuff to uh, make uh, this year's Super Bowl party the best ever. And uh, as we said, speaking of best ever, this past weekend's games may be the best weekend of playoff football uh, ever in league history. What do you see moving forward with these final four teams that we have uh, moving toward the Super Bowl Sunday?
2: Yeah, it should be another great weekend of football. Um, You know, I I tell you what, Kansas City, what they were able to do, what they accomplished in overtime, I just thought was tremendous. Um, But Cincinnati is no pushover. They're there for a reason. They've got a great young football team, and they've got a great young quarterback. Anytime you get sacked nine times, you should lose that game. And somehow, they found a way to win that game. Absolutely amazing. So that's a uh, legitimate matchup there. And then... I think in the NFC, you know, San Francisco has matched up exceptionally well against LA. Their run game really mitigates some of the pass rushing standouts that they have. Aaron Donald, to me, is the best football player in the National Football League. They've got Vaughn Miller, uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, Patrick Ramsey is uh, one of the best cover corners in football. So uh, San Francisco has done a good job. They've swept them this season, but I just think that the Rams are a better football team overall, and Matthew Stafford, to me, an elite-level quarterback that a lot of people just don't realize because he played 12 years in Detroit. So I'll take the Rams, and I'll take Kansas City in the big one.
0: So uh, how do you like that matchup between those two teams in the Super Bowl then, assuming that they advance? And I think that's a pretty popular pick for uh, your Super Bowl matchup. How do those two teams? Is it it sort of like the uh, unstoppable force meeting the immovable object?
2: yeah you know it's a it's a great question, and I just think uh, both of both those teams are great teams. Uh, if you remember they played like a Monday night game? was it a Monday night game or a Sunday night game mm-hmm. several years back, maybe 2017 or 2018? and it, and it was like a 51-48 game. I mean it was it was incredible. I, I'll take the chiefs in that matchup, um, but you know six of one half does them another. I, I think they're both super talented. Teams, uh, should be a lot of fun to watch.
0: And a- as you mentioned, uh, you know, folks uh, around here, especially, starting to get a little bit of Bengals fever here with this Cinderella run. Would you be at all surprised to see another San Francisco-Cincinnati matchup in the Super Bowl?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd be really surprised. Uh, and, and, and mostly, like, I wouldn't be so surprised with uh, with San Francisco. They were there a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, they're they're really talented defensive football team. Their defensive front seven super talented, um, and I just think Kyle Shanahan is one of the best play callers. Um, you know what? Forget play calling offense. He calls an offense. He just doesn't call plays. He is thinking three, four, five plays ahead, quarter ahead. Uh, he sets up plays as well as anybody. The run game is great. I wouldn't be as surprised to see San Francisco get there as I would be Cincinnati. But I will tell you this, Joe Burrow is uh, the real deal. And like I said earlier, you get sacked nine times and you find a way to win a game. It says a lot about you as a quarterback. Because uh, I I tell you what, I I played um, in 91 for Washington and considered one of the greatest teams in Super Bowl history. Uh, we had a reunion of that, at that championship game yesterday on Zoom. 30, 40 guys showed up. Joe Gibbs, the legendary coach. Uh, we just kind of hashed it up for about two hours. And, um, and, and that team was just amazing. We gave up nine total sacks in 19 <laughs> games that year. They gave up nine sacks in one game and
0: <laughs> yeah. still found a way to win it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so, again, good things to come uh, for uh, Who Day Nation for sure. But, uh, again, uh, NFL analyst, three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlauer with us uh, counting down to the big game. Mark, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. It's my
4: pleasure. Take care. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. <coughs> Beginning the international file, the broken news, because you never know when your good luck might run out. Police in Nottingham, England. In Nottingham. I love I love the British names. They just sound so proper. Nottingham, England. Uh, Police pulled over a driver on Wednesday evening who told them he had been driving with no license and no insurance since he was 12 years old and had never been stopped by police. (laughs) What do you mean a driver's license? I don't even know driver's license. I've been driving since I was 12, never had a license. Uh, Police posted about the incident on Facebook saying, thankfully, it never had an accident, caused anyone an injury, and never made anyone lose out financially by... You know, causing an accident uh, when he was uh, driving unlicensed and uninsured. By the way, just to put into perspective of how long it's been, this guy's been driving without a license. He was born in 1938, <laughs> which means if he's if he's telling the truth about driving since he was 12 years old, that means he's been driving without a license or insurance since 1950, and was only caught in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> I've been driving since I was 12 years old. Been driving for 72 years. I don't need no license? Yes, yes you do. <laughs> Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, um you may have had this at your home from time to time. It it does happen. Um birds that that fly into your window. We have a, a sliding glass door and occasionally uh, in our back patio, uh bird will you know will hear a bonk, the bird up against the uh, window and it's pretty common, but uh police in Lehigh County, Pennsylvania responded to a family's home after they reported a bald eagle had crashed into a window in front of their house. that's <laughs> It's one thing for a robin or a sparrow to hear your front window, but a bald eagle the bird shattered the glass. Police found the eagle on the ground upon their arrival, dazed, but apparently not seriously hurt because officers called a wildlife expert. By the time the uh, wildlife officer arrived, the eagle had already flown away. Uh, Kathy Euler with the Pocono Wildlife Rehab and Education Center says, while it's not super common to see an eagle crash into a window, even though they may seem majestic, that doesn't mean they don't get confused. Uh, She says uh, installing windows with ultraviolet, ultraviolet barriers can allow birds to see the window and help prevent those collisions. So can you imagine a bald Eagle crashing into your window? Wow. Uh, Let's see here. You know how a lot of times young people will take on a roommate in order to lower housing costs, and especially these days apartments can be very expensive. And, uh, You know, you get a roommate, you share costs a little easier when you're just starting out. One woman is looking for someone to share expenses without sharing her indoor space. (laughs) Sandra lives in Zurich, Switzerland, and uh, she posted about this online, saying her apartment is so expensive that she decided to try renting out her balcony. (laughs) It's a small apartment. She doesn't really have room for a roommate, but she does have a balcony. And so she... She has pitched a tent on her balcony and says she would like to find someone to uh, you know help share the uh, expenses of uh, housing. <laughs> In the city of Zurich, the situation for those looking for an apartment is very difficult. Finding an affordable room to rent is almost impossible. She said she has already gotten interest about her tent mostly from students. Although she did add, I mean, this is Switzerland. It might be a bit difficult to find a tenant in the middle of a, uh, of winter, especially since the balcony is not covered or enclosed. <laughs> it's an open air balcony with a tent. And by the way, she's renting it out for about $535 a month to live in a tent on someone's balcony. And she's got takers. She says if someone doesn't want to move in until the spring, that's understandable and that would be fine. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> 500 bucks to live in a tent on someone's balcony. Should I mention that my first apartment, I think I paid 250 a month <laughs> for an entire apartment. That's uh, that's crazy. Uh, we always have to have uh, something out of Florida. Whenever we have a story from Florida in the broken news, you know it's going to be funny. A drug suspect arrested, after police found him with fentanyl and a bag of hypodermic needles, <laughs> he had his, he had a great excuse for having all of the needles. He said he used the syringes for fishing. <laughs> According to the arrest report, police received a nine-one-one call about a suspicious person on Saturday uh, when they found Eric Bennett, age thirty, at uh, Street on Vera, at Vero Beach. An officer described him as visibly intoxicated when questioned about the large bulges in the pockets of his shorts. He said, I have hypodermic needles for fishing. (laughs) Uh, No, the cops didn't buy it, even in Florida. That's a little too weird (laughs) for fishing. All right. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, this is a, a follow up to the story you remember The case of the Alabama man who allegedly had an attack squirrel that was high on meth. Uh, This was in Huntsville, Alabama. 38-year-old Mickey Palk was arrested after police received a tip about an aggressive squirrel in his apartment. During the arrest, police also found methamphetamine and body armor. (laughs) Uh, He was charged with uh, possession of a weapon by a felon possession of stolen property and possessing a wild animal all uh crimes the follow-up is he appeared in court this week for a bench trial by the judge but it had to be delayed until the end of next month because his lawyer didn't show up (laughs) you you know your case is in trouble if your lawyer doesn't show up So uh, we'll continue to follow that story. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen
2: to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under and you'll soon be saying Alexa play 1330 WFIN and the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free on the air at 1330 WFIN and 955 FM
0: online at wfin.com and on your smartphone tablet and alexa devices we'll get to our daily download here this morning the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives you know the old adage goes the way to a man's heart is through his stomach But a new survey shows that apparently it works both ways. In fact, 70% of the 2,000 Americans who took part in a recent poll say a partner cooking something for them is more intimate than even romantic relations. How about that? Again, Valentine's Day, just a couple of weeks away. This is good information to know. The uh, survey commissioned by... Hello Fresh, the meal delivery company, found 79% of respondents say good food is the way to win someone's heart. And by the way, this is, again, not just men, but for women as well. So guys, pay attention to this. You want to win a woman's heart, cookery, a homemade meal. 79% say good food, the way to win a person's heart. 43% admitted to ending relationships because their partner was such a bad cook. And three-quarters of respondents said that they would likely go on a date with someone if they know that they can kill it in the kitchen. That that is you know, one of the determining factors of whether you date someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, going on here, 81% of respondents say when one agrees to cook for their partner, that is a sign that the relationship is getting serious. And 49% of those surveyed prefer a home-cooked meal over going out. 65% agreed that if the meal on a date is bad, no matter where you end up eating, then the entire date will go poorly. So a bad meal, there's nothing that kills a a date or a relationship more quickly than a bad meal. 72% say a good meal can improve what uh they think of the date overall so the converse is true as well that uh you know a bad meal will ruin a date but a good meal can make a date even if there are other factors that indicate that it is not going well so you can save it with a good meal and by the way if you're not cooking at home how you act when you eat out can be a deal breaker 56 percent say that if a person is rude to waitstaff It will not snag them a second date. So be courteous to your server. And 52% your date is watching you. And 52% say don't expect a callback for a second date if you chew with your mouth open. (laughs) Oh, by the way, if you're one of those people who picks off their date's plate without asking, then 47% say that is a turnoff. And other dating no nos. When dining out, not tipping well, and drinking too much. Uh, Two of the other no nos, according to the uh, survey here. So, with Valentine's Day right around the corner, you're welcome. Kind of help you out there with some uh, good advice for minding your manners on a date. My wife Kyra has joined us in the studio this morning for another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. And before we get into that, a uh, a big announcement. We uh, actually have uh, set up a brand new Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page. Yes. You've got your own Facebook page ah. for Kyra's Kitchen now. And uh, this is actually, we have always posted the recipes each week right. on the WFIN, WFIN Facebook page, page yeah. which is great, but... After a while, when we post more content, sometimes those recipes can be hard to find. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you want to find one of the old recipes, an easy way to do that is to just do a Facebook search yeah. on the WFIN page for Kairos Kitchen or recipes yeah. or whatever. It'll Pull those up. But they can be hard to find. Yep. And so what we did is we created a... Separate Facebook page for Kyra's Kitchen. Yes, which will have the recipes, and you're going to share other stuff and yeah. you know kitchen hacks. And if you have uh, any questions or suggestions or ideas, you can share those as well. People can yes, please share share their recipes and things like that. so. You're you know this can be a, a just a burgeoning Facebook community here <laughs> uh, on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook that page. That would be so awesome. It, so it is at Kyra's Kitchen W F I N. Um, And you can uh, like that page and uh, follow all things Kyra's Kitchen (laughs) whenever you like, uh, all week long. And we will continue uh, on Fridays to uh, feature new recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. More yummy stuff to warm you up on a cold winter's day today. Uh, So first up. Uh, we have a recipe for crockpot Pierogi Kielbasa Casserole.
6: Yes. So this is one 32-ounce uh, box of um, uh, cheddar pierogies, uh, four cups of chicken broth, uh, one eight-ounce block of cream cheese, one cup of shredded cheese, one package of kielbasa, or um, I like using the uh, skinless uh, sausage, mm-hmm. um, smoked sausage and salt and pepper to taste. Um, then combine all your ingredients in the crock pot. Cook on high for <laughs> two to three minutes or four two to, to six. Three hours. Or two to three hours. Two to three hours. Two three hours. Two to three hours or four <laughs> to six hours on low um, if and you start it in the morning. And that's it. And that- that's it. This yep.
0: this may be the easiest recipe we have ever yeah. had. It's so uh, because easy the d- and preparation cheesy
3: and the, good. Yeah, <laughs>
0: the preparation directions are literally one line. Yeah. Uh, you just throw it all on the crock pot, pot and you're good. Yep. Um as you mentioned, this is a very cheesy yes, it's recipe. Very cheesy. You've got the cheddar pierogies, yep. you've got the shredded cheddar Ch- cheese, yep. you've got the uh, cream cheese. Yeah. If you we had this the other day yep. and if you are I mean, if you love cheese, you're good. if you love cheesy stuff, you're going to be in, in heaven. <laughs> yep. I, I kind of separated out some of that cheese yeah. because it was just a little too much for yeah. me. You would be fine if you oh, yeah. cut back on oh, some yeah. of that cheese. Yeah. Yeah. If you want you know, oh, yeah. something a little less cheesy. Yes. But, yeah.
6: and, but if you cut, out on the, uh, cut off on the cheese, uh, cut off on the uh, broth too. Because if you put too much broth uh, in, yeah. it's point. not going to be thick. And you want it to be thick. Yeah, So-
0: so a, a good uh, a good tip there so yep. but it, it is it is very cheesy it is very good but it is very cheesy so <laughs> it's really good <laughs> and then to go along with that you've got a, a recipe for cheesy garlic bread yes we have a, it it's just very cheesy today <laughs> <Thanks. Is it? laughs>
6: one loaf of french bread one stick of butter softened one tablespoon of dried parsley one tablespoon of minced garlic one and a half cups of shredded mozzarella cheese a half a cup of fresh grated parmesan cheese and then preheat your oven to 350 degrees slice your french bread loaf in half lengthwise uh place each half uh cut side down um on a foil lined baking sheet and set aside uh stir together your butter your minced garlic your parsley uh spreading evenly on each side of your french bread loaf um and then uh, in a small bowl combine cheese and sprinkle evenly on the top of the bread so you're combining your mozzarella cheese and your garment and mm-hmm. uh, your parmesan cheese put that cheese. over the yep. top yep. and then yep and then bake 10 for about 10 minutes Um, and if you want, then you can turn the broiler onto high and then, uh, move it up to that top position to get kind of that golden brown. Just, if you want to do that, that's great. Just keep an eye on it because it will, it will go quickly. (laughs) So you don't want it to burn. Yeah. This is not going to take very long. No, it doesn't take long, two to three minutes, um, until the cheese is kind of golden and bubbly, uh, and then allow the bread to cool for a few minutes and slice and, uh, and then serve.
0: So, really simple, and again, doesn't take much time uh, to do the cheesy garlic bread. And you can have that with the uh, crockpot pierogi kielbasa casserole or just anything. Or or anything. Because that's just a a great all-purpose side Side. there for your... Uh, Pasta dishes, especially. And then for dessert, we have a recipe for cherry chocolate cake. Yes. Mm -mm -mm
6: -mm -mm. So um, I like doing, I've done this in the crock pot too, and it's really good. Oh, okay. um, So you could do it either way. But uh, one box of Devil's Foods cake mix, three eggs, one teaspoon of almond extract, and one can of cherry pie filling. And then your glaze is a half a cup of butter, five tablespoons of unsweetened cocoa, six tablespoons of buttermilk or milk with lemon juice. If you don't, um, if you have, don't do the buttermilk. Right. Yeah. If okay. you don't have any, mm-hmm. um, three and a half cups of powdered sugar sifted and one teaspoon of vanilla extract. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Mix your devil's food uh, cake mix, your eggs, your almond extract, your cherry pie filling all together. Um, and then place that in a greased nine by 13 pan. Um, when you're doing that, kind of um, distribute your cake to the sides, and um, don't you want to
0: do that anyway when you're baking a cake? Yeah, There's... you want
6: to, but especially with this one, okay, uh, because it'll really it'll really bubble up in the middle, um, okay, with the extra cherries and all that stuff. So, gotcha. Kinda, um, right. as much as you can, uh, that'll that'll flatten it out, um, make it flatter um, when it's baking. Uh, bake for. Um, 2 to 30 minutes, depending on the thickness of the cake. So 20 to
0: 30 minutes. Or you said to 2 to 30 minutes. Oh,
6: sorry. I am <laughs> it's not It's one of those today. days. Yeah, it it's is one of those one days. Of those days. <laughs> I am sorry.
0: So you make that for 20 to 30 <laughs> minutes. 20 to 30
6: minutes. Uh, use your toothpick to test it. If right. the to- toothpick comes out clean, then um, you're good to go. Remove it from the um, oven. Uh, in a small saucepan, bring your butter, your cocoa, your buttermilk to a boil. Remove that from the heat. Pour the mixture over the over the um, powdered sugar until it is smooth, mm-hmm. and then add your vanilla. Then pour that over the cake as soon as you can, and as soon as it comes out of the oven. So while
0: the cake is still warm,
6: right? Right. Mm. Usually, when you frost a cake, mm. you don't frost it, you until, know, it cools. until it cools. This but you, this one, you want to do while it's You want it to be nice and melty oh, and and uh, yummy. Mm-hmm. So and it's going to be yummy. It's going to be kind of thin on top. Okay. So. I kept I kept mine in the pan. Now you were where saying you don't have to. You could take okay. it out of a plate, but, but you could keep but, it
0: in the pan. Right,
6: you keep it in the pan, contain and the
0: messy a little bit. Right. Okay. Right. Now you also mentioned that you do this in the crock pot. What, yes. How do you bake it in the crock so pot? So in or, the crock
6: pot, um, you just mix all your ingredients: your cake mix, your cherry pie filling, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, put it in your greased crock pot. Then take your take a uh, paper towel. Uh, or probably two paper towels, depending on how long your Crock-Pot is. Put that on top. Okay. And then put your lid on top of that. I And gotcha. that keeps the moisture away okay. from the cake so the I cake gotcha. bakes. And, and then put your chocolate glaze on long? top. What do you... In a couple three hours, yeah, or? two to three hours. Okay, yep. on high. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah,
0: okay, yep. So uh, there you go. You can do it that way as well. That is just yummy, uh, scrumptious stuff. The crockpot pierogi kielbasa casserole, the cheesy garlic bread, and the cherry chocolate cake. We have those recipes, again, at the WFIN Facebook page. Also, the brand new Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. So you can uh, like her page and uh, get more great recipes and keep track of those great stuff. (laughs) Uh, My wife Kyra with us this morning. More recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show, of course, at our webpage, which is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the show, we will discuss the retirement of Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, how he will be remembered for his time on the court, and the politics of naming his replacement. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.